Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining. I'm Jessica Steinberg and today I'm here with Jenna Vargas. Welcome to The Spark. Thank you, it's so great to be here. So Jenna's a recruiter here at ICF. She's got 13 years of HR in recruitment and talent acquisition. She's recruited for everything from consulting to entry level, director to C-suite, and in her role, she's often matching hiring managers with job seekers and consulting those job seekers on how to break into that company or field that they're interested in. So while pursuing her doctorate in, in business administration and a focus on HR management, her research and writing got her interested in sharing with all the many people looking for guidance on career development and sharing that expertise on how to position yourself as an expert. So Jenna, really looking forward to getting this, your input on this topic. Absolutely. And I know our listeners are likely trying to decide how to position themselves as subject matter experts within their field but maybe unsure or not super confident about how to go about the process. I know for myself, doubts have crept in, like who am I to share my knowledge and content within this particular area? Or maybe something like, I know for myself, thousands of people have already spoken about or written on this topic. It can truly be a process that can be quite simple, yet seem very overwhelming just thinking about it. I can totally relate, and I bet our listeners can too. Yes, and Jessica, I understand that you have a background in uh, recruiting and marketing mm -hmm. in a new and emerging field called employer brand. Many people don't realize that just as important as it is for employers to have a business brand, they also need an employer brand and related marketing on social and digital channels to really articulate the differentiators and benefits to a job seeker. Just like people need to develop their personal brand to stand out from other job seekers, it's all about branding to stand out these days. So this is a topic I know we're both passionate about. It sure is. Why don't we just jump right into the key tips to focus on. I know leveraging is a really important piece. Tell us a little more about why it's so important. Yeah, so that LinkedIn Rockstar profile. I wanna kinda walk our listeners through the key areas of that Rockstar profile and what they should really be looking out for, right? So starting from the very top, the URL is totally customizable. They can go to the settings, and customize, so as an example, linkedin.com forward slash I use Jenna Vargas. So it's recommended that you use your full name or a name that's recognizable so you can use that URL and also put it on your resume and cover letter and in anywhere else to really have that super easy to find you. Additionally, there's that header image that you can use as a solid background. You can use the customized ones that they offer in LinkedIn or even one um, that's a clear image within your industry or field. Highly recommended. And don't forget that profile photo. I know some people keep it blank, but the more um, that you have a clear image of yourself, maybe from the chest on up, solely you, not the whole family, um, the better, and you're likely to get even more people viewing your profile. In addition to that, really capturing your profile in the headline section. Jess, I checked out on your profile. You keep it straight into the point. And really, depending on who that audience is that you are speaking to or that you're trying to attract, I know yours is shortened to the point of you know, who you are, what you do. You have employer brand, recruitment, and talent acquisition. Easy to find you based on, on that headline. Yeah, I'd say it's really depending on your goals of your position and what you're looking to do. For me, I'm in a very niche area, so I want people to be able to find me by keyword search. But for someone who's maybe on the market for a new job, it's okay to put that in your headline if it's not confidential. Um, if you're trying to network, put that in your headline. Um, it's the first thing people see under your name. I notice that a lot of people in sales or recruiting will put more about their company in their headline versus them as an individual to try to kind of start that conversation. 
So you can definitely get creative with it. It sounds Absolutely. like as well. Mm -hmm. Great. And then under the summary section, do not miss this compelling story area. So you can talk about um, maybe achievements, experience, education, and credentials. Another great place to be descriptive and using that area for keywords. And now if we move on down into the Rockstar profile, you're not going to want to miss entering your education. So whether that's your undergrad or your graduate degree, another great way to link up with other alumni. And when you're on the job search, you'll be able to see notifications on LinkedIn of who's connected in your network that also maybe went to that college or university. And a key area that we want to move into is consistent activity of sharing content. So in your field or industry, right? So this could be content that is organically generated by yourself, whether those are videos, blogs, or just articles. Or if you maybe don't have as much time, you can share um, other content for, from other people in your industry or field. It's another great way if you commit to consistently sharing through social media, another great way to, to attract the eye of prospective um, employers and companies. And now there's a section within your Rockstar profile that some people overlook, the skills and endorsement section. You can add um, skills, whether these are soft skills or areas within your industry that you want to call out or other people, your network is, are able to also endorse you and add additional skill sets. So this is another great call out in addition to what's on your resume of another Rockstar profile key area that you don't want to miss. And you can always ask your network connections, like references, to really gain that credibility. So these are maybe peers, clients, previous employers, to really help strengthen your profile. I've seen for myself, some of my candidates um, have had this Rockstar profile, and another great selling point was those references to gain that credibility of why they're the person to select for the position. And then the last few little things here I want to go through are joining industry groups. So another great place for networking, communicating with other um, experts in the field. And then volunteering. You're not going to want to miss this section within your profile. So the volunteering is a great area that maybe you have um, relative or transferable skill sets that the employer just sees another human element that they're not going to want to miss you know, in hiring this candidate. Uh, didn't you recently write a blog about this topic? I sure did, and now it's available on the ICF blog, The Spark. Excellent. Okay, love these tips for maximizing your LinkedIn profile. It sounds like if you're on the job market, your LinkedIn page is kind of like your home page. So let's talk a little bit more about searching for a job like an expert. So Jenna, as a recruiter, you're seeing both sides of the equation. You're seeing the hiring manager perspective and the recruiter, uh, the candidate rather, perspective, and you're getting to hear how they all feel about each side of it. What insights have you gained from observing all of this? I have conversations daily with candidates about the importance of maximizing their resume and cover letter to make sure that they're a match for what the employer is looking for in their ideal candidate. Until we have this discussion, a number of people haven't even thought about really that strategic process to making that happen. I think you were just telling me about customizing your cover letter and your resume to really stand out. Absolutely. So I want to give you an example or an analogy for our listeners. Imagine the employer and the prospective candidate are, let's say, on a dating site, right? They both create their profiles. They talk a little bit about who they are, what they like, and really what they're looking for. So in this example, the, systematic, the system automatically matches them up like us. In this example, the recruiters are that liaison or the artificial intelligence pulling these two matches together, right? So the information provided must speak clearly about who you are, 
what you do and the services you can provide by using keywords and information from your background really based on your credentials, experience, and personality within your documents to make it a no-brainer why you're the perfect expert for the job and really why you'd br uh, bring substantial value to the position, team, and ultimately the company. I love that example, it's so true. <laughs> so now that they've found you, I guess there's a date? What's next? There is, you got it, Jessica. <laughs> so I recently read, I know we were talking about on workitdaily.com, they had a great article that read, single and looking, five reasons why the job search is like dating. The first thing that they had mentioned, which I thought was great, was finding a common point with your the hiring manager or the person that you're interviewing with. You need to be picky, but not too picky. Being selected with the job search is key and really knowing what your priorities are. So kind of like knowing your values, knowing what you're looking for. Exactly. This really helps in the research process when you know what you stand for and what you're looking for and what's important in your life. Personally and professionally, you can then look on the company's website and do a little bit of research to really make sure for yourself as well that it's going to be a good match. And it's really not all about the looks. Many people are attracted to jobs that, let's say, quote unquote, are hot jobs to later find out they aren't the best fit for them. Yeah, this is a really big one because a lot of times people go after the household names, the companies they've heard of, when some of the best jobs out there um, aren't household names. So going to Glassdoor is a great way to get to put everything on an equal playing field. You can read what people who actually work there feel about working for the company and get a sense of what their culture is and what they value. I love Glassdoor. It's really grown and, and the capabilities of what you can research is, is uh, phenomenal in there. And really you cannot rush into it. So really take your time and self-reflect and think, is this really what I want? And becoming laser focused is going to help you in the long run with that research. So tell me why not to rush the process. It's really important to find the right balance. You want to make sure it's a nice mix of are you excited, and are you interested, and truly are you qualified for the position. Companies or employers want to know and ensure you're evaluating them as much as they're evaluating you. Excellent. So the last idea we're going to cover today is bringing all this process together. Now that you've kind of built up all this expertise, there's it's really important to share all of this on your own website or portfolio um, or vlog, any way that you can really reflect your work. Yes, you're so right. This final approach is important because this centralized location, let's say as a customized website and having your own domain is a great place to house the latest and greatest information all about who you are, what you do, your portfolio of work, which typically includes some things, this is just simple ideas or examples, would be a blog, a podcast, videos, or even a vlog, all in one location. It's advised for subject matter experts to make it easy for others to locate them. So as an example, my domain is www.jennavargas.com. And I love this approach because it really allows others to get to know you both personally and professionally, depending on how much information you really want to share with the world. So for me, transparency is key when sharing my story, really how I've transitioned into where I am today. So people want to know, like, and trust you. I recently read, um, we were talking about in HuffingtonPost.com, they mentioned to become a subject matter expert, you want to become an advocate and an educator for um, prospective employers in your, your specialty area. 
And finding a niche is always better, so micro-specializing. So in our world with recruitment, there are recruiters that maybe specialize in executive level searches, or those who only focus on Fortune 500, maybe large corporations to conduct corporate recruitment. Another thing that you can focus on is really creating um, articles for, for maybe news sites. So as an example, if you want to get into some of the larger websites to get your name out there as a subject matter expert, you might start out volunteering for um, an alumni association to write for them or maybe volunteer um, on an alma mater um, before you're really submitting your samples to Forbes and Huffington Post and so forth. That's that's a great idea. And then, you know, self-publishing ebooks right now is so within reach and so accessible, and it's a great way to put your expertise out there. I'm glad you mentioned that. And people are writing books using that problem-solve format. And truly, it doesn't have to be super long. Really, these days, shorter is often better. So, Jenna, do you have any advice for listeners getting started with public speaking? Because it's a great way to get your name out there and share all the good things you've learned, but I know it can be pretty scary. Yes, I know many of our listeners are probably thinking, ah, public speaking, it's, it could be scary, yes. Um, so no matter what industry you're in, they likely have a conference and forum. So you want to check out their website, do a little bit of research on the back end, and you can then apply and pitch your specific idea or topic. Um, they may even have something to kind of ease into things like webinars to do at the comfort of your, your office or your home office um, for starters. And I know you had recently mentioned there's also Toastmasters. They have a club and ongoing meetups. And this sounds like a great uh, opportunity for people who want to become maybe more comfortable with groups and public speaking, but a little bit less pressure and more of that kind of Q&A session. Uh, that's a great idea. I, we have a Toastmasters here at ICF, and people meet in the auditorium or they can join by Skype, and we have that over several offices. I love that. Um, so, Jenna, it's been so great to have you on our show. I really enjoyed chatting about becoming an expert in your industry, using those skills to uh, help with your job search. Uh, listeners, thanks so much for joining us. Remember to follow us on the ICF Spark blog and podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks.